You are now listening to What the Hell, a podcast dedicated to helping you navigate your way to better health. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 53 of What the Health. I'm your host, Lena Lahire, and today I'm joined by special guest, Greg Dotson Jr. Greg is a former basketball player turned personal development coach who talks about dating, relationships, mental health, and life while providing actionable advice, wisdom, and insight. I found Greg on Instagram and absolutely loved his vibe and his style of communication as it is clear, concise, and applicable for everyone. I'm super excited to have him on the podcast. Welcome to the show, Greg. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Um, So if you could just start off by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and how you got into this line of work. So like I said, I've I've been a basketball player my whole life. That was really who I was. Ball is life, as they say. So mm-hmm. I had a really good high school career, earned a uh, division one scholarship, played on national TV a bunch in college. But uh, my first school I went to, um, things didn't go how I thought they would. So I ended up transferring to a second school where I had a much better career. So by the time I was done playing basketball in college, I had an opportunity to go overseas and play pro, whether it had been in Europe or South America. But by that time, I was so just done with basketball and the grind. My body was just beat to the ground. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to be a person. I wanted to be like a, a normal person and just work on myself. So I declined on my pro opportunities and I got a job to support myself. And after that, I just dated for about three or four years, just constantly to try to figure out what I wanted in my life and try to find myself through other people. And what I realized was the, the dating, like the dating apps was just such a, a rat race and just around and around and I couldn't really figure it out. So I took a step back and said to myself, you know what, this is not working. I need to try something else. So I did research on personal development like you can't imagine. I read books, I went on YouTube, I found podcasters such as yourself. I just immersed myself in learning about myself. And I learned so much during that time that this was actually during the beginning of the pandemic. That I'm like, you know what, I might want to, I want to give back to people and help them also along this journey. While at the same time, I had a really big creative side. So I tried to combine the two together and be creative and make content while also providing advice. And here we are today. Personal yeah. development approach. Yep. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what the dating game was like for you. Cause I'm sure there's lots of listeners that are single and, and are feeling the struggle. Yeah. What was it like for you? The dating apps are, uh, Interesting. I mean, it's, it's fun in the beginning, you know, it's like, wow, I can meet so many different people at the tip of my fingers, but it's just so, what's the word for it? It's repetitive. It just becomes just like the same questions, the same answers and going on these days and just spending money aimlessly. But like, like I said, it was fun, but Mm -hmm. it just wasn't fulfilling. You know, this whole idea of dating apps and you have basically have endless options and you get this whole, you're like frozen by your options. You don't really know what to pick. You don't know what to do. And I'm like, you know what? I got to get out of this. I got to find somebody. Actually, I found my person on a dating app, my girlfriend. Yeah. Dating app. So it's, it's been helpful. Yeah, that's wonderful. What advice would you give to people who are just starting out dating? You know, there's a lot of, I don't know, maybe some unrealistic expectations that go into what relationships really look like. Can you just maybe touch on what, what should someone actually look for in a relationship and, and 
change within themselves before getting into a relationship? Well, I think the biggest thing is you got to work on yourself, relationship mm-hmm. with yourself. That is the foundation for any type of relationship. Take time alone. I always tell people to work on being alone, you know, work on being happy, doing things you love on your own. And then you can bring somebody else in. Because the last thing you want to do is go into it with unresolved trauma from your past. Mm-hmm. And you go to the next person hoping they can fix you. But definitely work on yourself. Make the effort to possibly even go to therapy. Mm-hmm. You know, work on your, like, forgiving whoever you have to forgive. And just go into it with a very clear mind. You know, and also, you know, the key is, is to always be learning, you know, always be working on yourself at the same time, but yeah, just, just be open, you know, be open to meeting new people. Don't be so rigid with your standards, you know, find out what you need versus what you want. You know, you don't need somebody to be rich. You don't need somebody to look like this. Just find somebody who can fulfill you. Start at the basis and then work your way up, you know, because then if you, all of a sudden you start making these crazy preferences, Mm. you eliminate a lot of people, you know? So the key is to find out exactly what you need versus what you want. I think, you know, that's a really important point too, is so many people have this like checklist that they go into a relationship with and, you know, while it, while it's good to know what you want, it's like, sometimes we feel that we want something that is not actually good for us or doesn't even matter. Do you find that that, that was like you or with people that, you know, I just think a lot of people look on social media and see everybody living mm-hmm. these lavish lifestyles, seeing these lavish people, you know, showing off their bodies or men showing off like their resources. They think I can achieve that because I see it. That's all you see on social media, people showing off and flexing and you, mm-hmm. it gets lost in what actually matters to you. You don't need all that extra. That's that is so superfluous in the grand scheme of things. At the end of the day, you just want to have a person who's going to be there for you, you know, through tough times. Like for example, with me, I went through my injury mm-hmm. and initially I, I wanted to, I was cool being, I was cool being alone. I didn't want anybody, but then I realized that during these hard times, I need to have somebody there for me to take care of me because I couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do a thing. And my girlfriend actually was able to help me live my life. I couldn't even walk. So just understanding that you don't really need that much in life. You know, for me, I always, I was always reasonable as far as what I wanted. I wanted somebody to bring me peace. And my girlfriend now brings me peace. A lot of people just worry about living the party life, people giving them money, but at the end of the day, that means nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think we've really seen that with the pandemic, the things that really matter in life, haven't we? Yeah. The basics, just having somebody to talk to, yeah. you know, when I first began the pandemic, I moved in alone. I was alone by myself. I had nobody, but then she came and it was so refreshing to have somebody to just like bounce your ideas off of, talk mm-hmm. about little things, watch TV shows with like corny stuff like that. The corny stuff actually is is the best thing about relationships. Yeah. You know, being able to be goofy, laugh, stuff like that is, is so priceless. Mm-hmm. It's interesting you brought up peace because that was actually something that I wanted to talk to you about. How, what, what do you think are the main contributors to someone not feeling contentment? And how do we go about, in your, in your opinion, how do we go about finding that peace? It's, it's a matter of just stepping back and laying out what really matters to you you know like the world is so chaotic you know last thing you want to do is go home and there's chaos there you know so just basically slowing down your life and looking you know just appreciating the smallest things like for me I know I found such peace in nature you know I have a balcony outside my house I just love looking outside I love gardening just appreciating the smallest things in life because things can be here one day and gone the next you know I lost Mm -hmm. people during the pandemic and it made me rethink about life that like wow most of this extra stuff just does not matter, mm-hmm. you know, being able to understand that like things could change in a second. So mm-hmm. pretty much just simplifying things down to that. 
Do you think that that's some of the main contributors to why people don't feel contentment is they're always like looking for more or the bigger stuff? They're always like this whole grass is greener other side effect. You know, you're always yeah. looking at there. It's like, wow, they have that. And it's like, you forget about what you have here. You have a whole solid foundation built here and you're willing mm-hmm. to chase after that. But then again, by the time you realize how important stuff you already had was, it's too late and your life is over. You wasted all your time searching for more when you've already had it there. Why not focus on building up what you already have as opposed to just hoping and wishing something falls your way, you know, put the work in to build up the things you already do have. You know, you have everything you need is right in front of you for the most part. Mm -hmm. What if someone's listening and they're like, that's all well and good, but I don't have everything I need. The thing is people don't understand. I think a lot of people think that things should be given to them. Mm -hmm. They, They deserve things, but you understand to have anything great or anything like for me, like building this platform up, it took a lot of hard work, a lot mm-hmm. of sacrifice and really figuring out what I wanted to get in life. And like I said before, spend time alone and figure yourself out or figure out a plan at least mm-hmm. of what I love to do. Like, how can I incorporate what I love to do, the people I love and make it to something big, make it grow. So basically just figuring out what is it that, that makes you get up in the morning? You know, what gets you excited? You know, just stuff like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like that. Why do you think people feel so disempowered today? Cause we're talking about like getting up and feeling fulfilled. What if someone's in this really disempowered place? What do you think are the main contributors to feeling disempowered? I think a lot of people um, try to focus on things that they can't control. They let things in the world bog them down, like the government, the weather sicknesses, like things are going to happen. You have to realize that it's going to happen no matter what you do. You can try to fight it as long as you want. But in this life, life is so fragile. So all you have to do is focus on what you focus on and whatever comes your way, you have to deal with it. You can't mm-hmm. give up. I mean, you can give up, but I don't, I don't recommend it. Mm-hmm. But don't give up. You know, stay strong. The key is being able to get knocked down in life and be able to get back up and rise through it. Because life's going to hit you in waves. There's going to be great times bad times, adversity, but being able to rise through that and keep pushing forward. Cause that will get you to your goals. If you have goals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What was um, the hardest? What, why well, I'm sure it was difficult saying no to a professional basketball career. Can you go into that a little bit more and why, you know, people might be thinking, Oh, why would you have done that? But it just wasn't right for you. Can you kind of describe the struggle with that? It's funny because as a kid, like I was my dream. That's all I wanted to do. All my friends, I have friends now that are playing professional basketball, but I always saw myself doing more, you know, like, cause at some point your body gives out and let's say I play over there and I get hurt my first year, mm-hmm. just like that basketball for me is gone. Like I wanted to be able to still have basketball to rely on it, to watch it, to play it at my leisure, but also have something else. You know, it's just, my heart wasn't in basketball anymore. Like I just was done traveling I was done going to the gym, sweating, getting yelled at by coaches. It was, it's just a lot. It, it's, it's stressful. Basketball mm-hmm. in college is very stressful, you know, balancing homework, life, stuff like that, relationships. And I wanted to keep it, but not at a, at a serious level. You know, keep basketball, but also have fun in other places, build myself up in other areas to round myself as a human being. And money to me wasn't really a big factor because I'm not, I mean, obviously you want to make money, but like the money they offered me wasn't going to make or break my life. So I just said, you know what? I'll make it some other way. Yeah. 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 That takes, that takes a lot of courage to actually like look within yourself. And, you know, when you have this kind of box of what you think your life is going to look like 
and to step out of that, it takes a lot of um, self-reflection and courage, I think. Yeah. My parents were really pushing me. Well, I would say pushing my parents. I was expected of me to achieve basketball. And that kind of just placed a lot of pressure. It's like, you should be doing this. And I'm like, mm. that's, that's not me. It's a piece of me. But like, I don't want everybody to know me as the basketball player. Because I didn't like hearing, oh, you're a basketball player. It's like, not anymore. Like today, mm-hmm. people still think I'm a basketball player. Mm-hmm. Like I play, but that's not who I am. I want to be known mm-hmm. for something more than just my physical skills or talents. You know, I just want to see myself as a, as a complete person. person. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's very healthy. So let's talk more about relationships because everyone likes to talk about relationships. Um, we talked about, but let's, let's just go over it again. What are some of these common mistakes people make when they're looking for a partner? Thing is, you, you don't go about searching for one, you know, mm-hmm. like if you search for it. Yeah, I mean, you'll find people, but you won't find the right person. I feel like in order to find the right person, you pursue things you love to do. And if along the way, the person who fits you comes along, then you can pursue it. But this going out searching for people can read that kind of energy. So mm-hmm. if I can look at you and tell you're searching for something, it's going to push me away. Like you're banking on this working so much that like I can see it. So come into it with what, well, hey, I don't need, I would like to have someone, but I don't need to have someone to fulfill me. I would be happy to bring somebody in, but I don't need it per se, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What are some common mistakes people make when they are in a new relationship? I think the biggest thing is try, especially now in the, the day and age with social media, phones, trying to, I guess, infringe on your partner's privacy. You know, if you're in a relationship, you're not entitled to somebody's phone going through their phone. I've been in the past relationships where people have gone through my phone where I didn't even know. And I'm like, but well, we're dating. I have the right to go through your phone. I'm like, there's still private things on there. So yeah. even if like you're together, you're still separate people. You're not one person. I can't just start going through your things because we're together. You know, giving that space, I feel like allowing your person to be a person outside of you because people can easily suffocate these days, especially being inside during the pandemic. Like you're inside the house all day. You know, mm-hmm. you need to have that, that space, that physical, digital and mental space from another person. I think that's so important. A lot of people don't don't follow mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are your top relationship tips that are applicable to most people, if not everyone? Most people. I'd say number one, over-communicate. I would say this sounds a little corny, but there's a thing called the love languages, the five love languages. I love that. Ask your person what their love language is, because it will make a big difference. There's a guide online that tells you what it is and what you shouldn't do and what you should do. Mm-hmm. But I think you should figure it out because it's different for everybody. Like mm-hmm. mine is acts of service. I love when people do little thoughtful things like cook for me or like have my coffee sitting certain places. I love that. So always take the time to get to know your person, communicate those. Also, like I said before, figuring out space. Like I love working on my business. My girlfriend has a business as well. She's developing. So I'm like, you know what? How about we have a time for ourselves where I'm doing this upstairs. You're down here working on your thing. We're both being creative. We're both being productive. So always have that time where you're apart doing other things. It is so healthy. And mm-hmm. especially if you're living together, you know, having a schedule, you live your life by, you know, a routine, you know, like what happened, who does this, this day, who does chores, who cooks, who pays for this, this day. I think it's so ha- important to have that, that structure and relationship where you can't really deviate. You really mm-hmm. can't, you know, lose sight of what you do. Cause if you deviate, you can talk about it, communicate. So communicate, have a schedule and have that space to be a person outside of your person. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think are some top things that people can do to resolve conflict when it comes up? I understand that arguing 
is, is healthy, you're going to disagree. You think about it, you've got two different people coming from different places, different backgrounds. You're not going to agree on everything. So mm-hmm. understand that it's healthy to disagree and work through it. And don't insult the person, you know, when you feel like your feelings are hurt. Let it be known that I'm hurt, but I, but don't put your partner down because once you start putting your partner down, you start going on a slippery slope where this person associates uh, having a disagreement with, they're going to berate you and put you down. And it just creates a very unhealthy dynamic. So always keep that dynamic balanced, you know, because there's going to be rough times. Things are going to happen. Financial issues, health, like I said, health issues. Like, you know, some, some person's going to have to pick up the slack. Another person's going to have to, you know, like rely on them. So understand that things are going to change like every day, like life changes, things change. So be prepared for that. It's basically being, be adaptable is what mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I mean, like adaptability is kind of a key in any relationship. And I think, you know, you got, well, I don't believe in luck, but we'll say, uh, you got lucky, uh, finding a partner in the pandemic, but I think there, you know, a lot of relationships were tested and probably didn't make it through the pandemic. Yeah, it, it was, uh, cause it was real. This is the first real thing we've ever really experienced. I can say where people were dying, like people close to us, like mm-hmm. had pass away from it. It's just like, wow. Like, I feel like now, like this is real. It, it's, it's so real. It tests your relationship. It has to test it. You know, the fact that I got, my relationship got stronger says a lot about what we actually worked on. We were very conscious in learning together. We read a lot too. I had my girlfriend learn about personal development. Yeah. She was on it. So we're like on the same page as far as like, all right, we can work on this. So like every week we always have a time. We always reflect. We're like, listen, what, what can we work on this week? What did I do that you didn't like? Like, you know, did I say something that you didn't like? Like you have to address things initially. And I think by doing that, we really saved ourselves. We strengthened so much for now. Like nothing can really stop us for the most part, you know? Mm-hmm. So that, that really makes me think of, um, I was meditating this morning and really thinking about humility and what you're describing is the process of humility. Can you touch on that? You know, the thing is life, life has a funny way of humbling us. You know, it takes us sort of off our because we live in an age where there's really no outside adversity. We live, we live in a first world country. Well, whatever country you live in, yeah. mind, for the most part, we have rights and we're not really tested like that. But you mm-hmm. know, like things, like I said, things happen and it forces us to really look in the mirror and actually be accountable for us. A lot of people are allergic to accountability today. This whole victimhood culture, you know, they want to be a, they want to be a victim to life and they want to feel oppressed so they can feel like they belong to something. So it's a matter of being accountable, you know, look in the mirror, like, wow, I, messed up. I have to fix it because nobody else is going to come and save me to do it. You know? So it kind of really humbles us in that sense when we're hitting the face like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that allergic to accountability. I'm going to, I'm going to have to steal that quote and then, <laughs> and then uh, put you on there. That'll be my next post. I love that. Let's talk about boundaries. You know, boundaries are really important And I think it's maybe a concept that some people don't really understand what boundaries really are. Can you talk about what boundaries are and why they're so important? So I would say boundaries are your sort of mental, physical, and spiritual shield to things happening in life, like the unpredictability of life, people, situations. And by controlling that, you know, like by saying the the most important word for boundaries is no. Saying no, basically no is your, like I said, it's your shield. Mm-hmm. It allows you to be who you are as a person. And I, I was not very familiar on boundaries. Like I, I've been walked on in the past by people. I didn't really know when to say, 
this, this behavior you're doing is not okay. And I, so I think learning how to say the word no can possibly even save your life. Mm-hmm. If you have this standard on which you live your life and people can't cross that, it allows you to keep your authenticity. You know, and when people, if people don't, if people try to infringe upon your boundaries, your walls, your mental, physical, and spiritual walls, then you can say, hey, you don't respect my boundaries. You're not for me. You're not my person. So it allows you to sort of see people, allows you to sort through people, allows you to find who, who actually respects you. It's like a, a shield, basically, okay, so I know this person was, does not respect my boundaries, so they're out. They're immediately disqualified. This person is okay with my boundaries. And the right person won't be offended by, by your boundaries. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that. Um, learning how to say no. Have you ever heard of the author Gabor Mate? Never heard of it. No. So this book, when the body says no, completely changed my life. And he talks, uh, he talks about how a lot of people who develop these chronic diseases and illnesses have these personality traits or different things that they've done in their life. And one of the biggest ones is the inability to say no. And when you talked about how it can literally save your life, you know, when we are not communicating our boundaries, then we just let everything in. There's no, there's no discernment. It's just like anything can happen. And you invite chaos into your life. When you, when you bring chaos into your life, like bad things happen for, for the truth, but bad things can happen. You, mm-hmm. you invite people who don't fit your future. And like I said, even like I said, you can lose your life by not having boundaries. Mm-hmm. You know, it's important to keep your life how you want it. Cause like I said, life is unpredictable, but being able to control what you control is so important today. Mm-hmm. How do you stay healthy mentally? What are some practices that you do every day for your mental health? That's a great question. So what I've started doing recently is I've started doing digital detoxes, right? Because social media, TV, music, it's just so, so much in your brain. It's just like, I realized the more I had on the background, I didn't realize I could have my TV on in the background, my phone, my computer. It's just like fog in my head. So I'm like, why do I feel this fog at night? I'm watching TV at night. And then just like by eight o'clock, I would turn off all my devices and I would sleep so much better. It was just so clear. My, my headaches were gone. I was getting headaches from TV and my phone and mm-hmm. music. So having that, that digital detox and being able to just step back and hear your thoughts is just so important. I think that's my number one thing, detoxing from technology and social media, because social media is also very toxic as well, if you let mm-hmm. it consume it to that extent. So stepping back and just turning everything off, unplug. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. I absolutely love that. There's been um, quite a few times where I've taken extended periods of time off social media you just realize like how addictive it can become. And yeah, like I totally got headaches as well. Like looking at my phone all the time, you get like selfie neck, like there's all these different things, right? So crazy. Cause I found myself, I would be on social media, dating apps, swiping. And like, it was such an addicting motion that I didn't even realize I was doing it. I would close my Instagram app and I would go back into it. I had no idea how I even got back in. I'm like, I've closed it. Why am I going to, I'm not even checking anything. Mm-hmm. It's just such a, it makes you just so caught up in that world. It's just so addicting. Like you said, mm-hmm. you know, it's so good to wean yourself off of that addiction because it allows you to see everything else. Like now I can appreciate the smallest things. I can appreciate sitting by myself in a room, mm-hmm. writing, creating, reading, looking at nature, working on my garden. It's just allowed me to see things so differently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so so important. Yeah. Those are called habitual checking behaviors. There's been a lot of research done on, 
um, social media and addiction. And it's, it's pretty intense. You know, people don't even realize how much they check their phone. Yes. And nauseam. I had no idea. I'm like, why is my phone in my hand right now? My phone, I have it all. I'm cooking. I have my phone in my hand. I'm (laughs) I'm not even doing anything. You know, what kind of um, gardening do you do? So my girlfriend has, she has a floral design business and she's oh, cool. teaching me flowers and I've been watering flowers every day. That's like my routine. I put my boot on my walking boot, walk outside, water flowers with her, take some pictures, you know, so it's been cool learning about something entirely different. You know, it's opened up a side of me where I, I love flowers now personally. Mm-hmm, I really mm-hmm. do. I know all the names of the flowers. So it, it's cool. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, nature is. Uh, I started my first garden this year as well. My husband was like, "You should start a garden every year," and I'm like, "No, I'm not doing that." And I finally did, and I felt so proud of myself. Isn't it fun? It's 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 so exciting just watching things every day. They grow. Yeah, like I'm watching the tomatoes grow outside. We've got peppers out there too, so it's it's amazing seeing it grow. Yeah, yeah, very cool. What do you do to keep yourself physically healthy? You know, I was, I was a big time into fitness before I uh, hurt myself. So, you know, I try, I try to lift weights now, but it's, it's been tough, you know, doing, I can't really walk, walk or move, but now I just do stuff on the couch. I sit there, I, I lift weights when I can, I walk, walking is a uh, huge thing for me. Just doing that allows me to open up my lungs, you know, even though I can't run or play basketball anymore, but you know, I also eat very well too. Um, mm-hmm. My girlfriend and I started recently doing cleanses, juice cleanses, stuff like that. Um, trying to replace all those meals that we really don't actually need because it makes you realize that a lot of the meals we eat, the stuff we order from Uber Eats, DoorDash, just so just, you don't need that much food. Mm. And I realized that doing this little juice cleanse about a bottle about that big is all I need. Yeah. And I really don't need anything else, you know? It's just the hunger is not really there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, people are really focusing in on nutrition nowadays, given all of the research that's come out with adverse effects of of covid from being unhealthy right it, it's big you know it's, it's been important you know to stay stay cleanly you know clean to clean myself you know to sanitize stuff like that you know yeah. it's just i feel like it's been helpful because everybody now i feel like is more conscious of like you know being too close washing their hands like when i go out in public now everybody's like is it cool if i sit close to you do you mind if i sit here it's like yeah go ahead because yeah. now everything's opened up for in philadelphia everything's open up. but everybody's still really conscious of their health, washing their hands, hand sanitizing. So it's been, you know, people have learned, I think, from what I've seen, people have definitely learned to take care of themselves better. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of the things that you do to improve um, your spiritual health? Um, I spend a lot of time alone, a lot of time just with my thoughts. I don't really meditate. I've always wanted to get into it, but um, so I guess I just sort of, I like to spend time and just think. You know, just mm. getting lost in my thoughts. And I'm so surprised that when I spend time alone, my best ideas happen. Like my most creative ideas, my ideas, for skits, my TikToks, my reels. It's just, it's so helpful for me when I just unplug and mm-hmm. just n- no sound, nothing. I don't need anything. And that's been like the most helpful thing for me in the past year or so is just being able to be alone with my own thoughts. I don't need somebody to be here. I don't need TV. I don't need anything. That's mm. been- yeah, that's, um, you know, that's a really important point you know, when we're inundated with information all the time, it makes us unable to be creative. And is that something that you notice when you, when you unplug, like, does your creativity start to come up more? 
you're, you're so right because when I watch a lot of the content creators, they're very helpful. I read them, but then like I feel like I don't have any ideas myself. I hear them all the time talking. It's just like that's not my idea. I started making content based off what they would do. I'm like that's not me. But then when I have these times where I just turn off YouTube, turn off the podcast, I'm like, wow, this is idea that's totally me. This is 100% my idea. And I think that's really helpful for a content creator or a person that's podcast, stuff like that. It's just to like unplug from other people so you can do your own thing. That's when your best ideas come up. Mm, mm, I love that. Okay, let's get on to some fun questions. I always um, fun questions. <laughs> and end the podcast with um, fun questions that I ask everyone. Okay. If you were stranded on a desert island and could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? One food for the rest of my life. I love watermelon. I, I love it. It's nice chilled watermelon. Nice juicy watermelon is the best food. So refreshing. I just had a lot last week. So I'm like thinking about that right now. <laughs> nice. Watermelon is so nice. I love it. What is the best meal you've ever eaten? The best meal ever eat. Well, I'm a mama's boy. My mom makes this mean chicken parmesan with noodles. It's just, I've always loved it. Every time she always comes to visit, I'm like, can you bring the chicken parm, please? That's like, it reminds me of my childhood, you know, make, takes me back to the old days when I was young. So chicken oh, parmesan. Definitely. That's wonderful. What's your least favorite food? Least favorite food. Wow. I, I'm not very picky. I like a lot of food. Um, I guess lima beans. Lima beans. I, I'm not a, not a big bean guy, really. You know, it's just, I don't know. I think it's the shape that bothers me. <laughs> not a big guy. The shady lime of you. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite restaurant? Restaurant. Okay. Uh, this may sound a little bit cheesy, but I love Chick-fil-A. I, lo- I love their, uh, it's fast food, I know. I know fast food isn't great, but the Chick-fil-A sandwiches and the fries, Chick-fil-A sauce. I love it. Love Chick-fil-A. Yeah, in Canada, we don't have Chick-fil-A. Really? No. So I I had another person on the on the show that said Chick-fil-A. Yeah, you gotta try it. You gotta come to the States and try it. <laughs> I could go down to the States just for a Chick-fil-A, maybe when quarantine's over. You know, do that. <laughs> um, what is your favorite travel destination that you've been to? Travel destination. I'm a big water guy. So I went on a cruise when I was 16 to Trunk Bay. It was like a bunch of the Caribbean islands. Um, Trunk Bay was this super blue ocean. You can see the bottom. I just loved being in the ocean, the water, the fish. We did a little snorkeling there. So it was just the most freeing thing to see the bottom of the ocean, actually. What is your most embarrassing moment? Most embarrassing moment. I'm trying to think. Uh, I was, <laughs> so I used to be, it's kind of funny. I was definitely afraid of speaking. Like I hated the sound of my own voice. I hated being a public speaker. So this was like, I think it was in ninth grade. It was in Spanish class. And I had to give a presentation on like this little paragraph or something. And I was so nervous to go up there. So I went up there. I, I was, I couldn't tell what I was doing. I was so focused on the speech. My voice was quivering. I was already embarrassed. So I finished my speech and one of the guys, I sat down next to my friend, like, yo, what, what happened to you up there? I'm like, what? He's like, why was your leg shaking like that? Like, my leg was like, like <laughs> I, I had no idea my leg was even shaking. I'm like, wow, that's embarrassing. Everybody saw me like up there, like shaking my leg, my legs. And I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love that question, asking people their embarrassing moments. That's, that's super funny. 
poor guy. What is the happiest moment of your life? Happiest moment of my life? Um, I'd say committing to my first school in basketball. Because, you know, like I worked, my, I worked my whole life trying to get a scholarship, especially Division One. And when I got that first offer and I accepted the offer, that was such a moment of like, wow, all my hard work that I've sacrificed, been in the gym, traveled, got injured. Oh, it was for that reason. I paid for my entire schooling which is my goal. And so, yeah, when I got my scholarship was my biggest moment. I was so happy. Mm. What are some of your favorite books? Favorite books. Um, I love this book by Napoleon Hill, Outwitting the Devil. It is a a book about procrastination, essentially, you know, acting. I I love, I love Napoleon Hill. He's got some good stuff. So um, what else have I read? Um, there's a movie is a book that's a, it's not personal development related but it's a called no country for old men oh yeah it's a movie now i read the book i love that book one of my favorite books um yeah those are two of my favorites cool what advice would you like to leave our listeners with in regard to their health regard to health uh work on yourself first before you bring somebody else in you know mm-hmm. i'm not just saying you know finish resolving all your trauma, but at least make an effort to resolving your past, you know, so you don't bring it to the next person because relationships are not rehabilitation centers. So please take time to yourself, you know, get off the dating apps. If you can, like, if you're on there a lot, like I was, I'd say take a break for a little bit, you know, desensitize from all that, all the social media and just take time to be by yourself. No, no texting, no nothing, just be by yourself. And then once you're ready, you can go back in and tag dating. Mm-hmm. And where can people find you? Right now I'm on Instagram at Limitless Perceptions and I'm on TikTok as well. Same name. So I'm eventually trying to expand to uh, YouTube as well to do possibly longer things. I'm thinking about even doing skits, Yeah. you know, a little bit of the, the comedy side of me, you know, my lighter hearted side. So, you know, yeah, TikTok and Instagram right now are my two main places. Awesome. Yeah. And you have awesome content. I love your videos and I think they capture people's attention because they're like, they're very well thought out. They're short enough that you know, you never get bored watching you. I really love your videos. Really appreciate. I love your content as well. I, I love oh. this. Thank nice. you. Thank you. Well, it was a pleasure having you on the show, Greg. Um, and I know our listeners are going to get so much out of this. Thank you so much for having me. It means a lot knowing that, you know, I put the work in and people are recognizing my work. So I'm really honored that you'd have me on here to speak. Yeah. Wonderful. All right. Well, you have yourself a good day. All right. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and gained better insight into how you can be the healthiest version of yourself that you can be. Stay tuned for future episodes and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Always remember, you are powerful over your health.